morning. Welcome to the Lost Boys to Found Fathers podcast. I'm Will Haycox, and joining me is my co-host, Gabe O'Sullivan. We're men who have suffered the loss of a child, and through this production, we desire to offer encouragement, strength, and hope to our fellow brothers who traveled the same journey. Morning, Gabe. What's up, man? Yes, we say good morning because for us, it is morning. You may be listening at any time of the day, and that's quite all right. Yeah, um, but think uh, about that too. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> it's okay. That's right. It's, it's it early morning for us. I said good afternoon, and then yeah. we're like, wait, it's like eight fifteen. Yes. What's going on? Good day. Uh, good day. Know. So we could just pretend to be Australian for an episode. That'd probably go well until someone from Australia listens to this episode and then they hate us for mocking them. So I heard. Speaking of accents, I don't know. We got to get in this. I heard a joke yesterday, and it said, and I'm I'm gonna mess I'm gonna mess it up. I just don't get good at telling jokes, but. Said this fella notices uh, two ladies speaking in a, a British type accent. So he, he goes up to him and says, Hey, ladies, I uh, notice your accent. Is, uh, is that Scottish? And they said, No, Wales. He was like, Oh, I'm sorry, Wales. Is that a Scottish accent? So that probably didn't go over too well. Yeah, yeah I don't think so. So and the next part of that joke is, and he got punched. Yeah, and then he, that's right. That's right. Oh, uh, that's so, funny. Yeah, man. So episode forty-seven, episode yeah. forty-six. Go back and listen to that. We kind of um, talked about talking about it. That's what mm-hmm. kind of the title of it is. There, just about the importance of of actually expressing your emotions and mm-hmm. and getting things off your chest in regards to the loss of a child. And so we're going to continue that thought here, um, where we're going to. Um, you know, bring up this next point, which is says it's you know it's important to and biblical to share our pain with others, mm-hmm. um, and, and particularly in the, in a body of believers. If you're if you're a Christian, um, and and if not, just with people that you know and you care and you trust. Mm-hmm. So you want to bring us into that? Yeah, I'll bring us into that. We uh, like you said, you know, this episode forty-seven. I like to try in my head. I don't know how it works for you guys out there, but I like to try to keep some some things in your mind while we're going along that, you know, what's the point of this? So we started with the question, why should I talk to someone about my pain when I don't feel like talking? And to quickly recap last episode, our reasons there were ignoring any type of pain doesn't lead to it healing. Pretending that our child never died doesn't make it true. Talking to someone about the death of our child can help us process our feelings. And the last thing we ended up on was talking about your child with your wife can draw you closer together and not allow there to be any disconnect there. So like you said, Gabe, you know, most importantly, where we're starting today, it's biblical for us to share our pain and our suffering with other believers. And, you know, I think that's, that should be self-explanatory. And I guess it sounds self-explanatory, but getting down in the weeds of why it's biblical, I guess, takes a little more thought. Um, But first of all, you know, the overriding idea there is that we're the body of Christ and so, you know, if one part of the body is not doing well, the rest of the body isn't doing well. You know, we're not, we're all created like we talked about last time. You know, everybody has their own gifts and equipping and, you know, abilities. And so if, if me and my local church, if I'm not doing well emotionally and so I'm not able to serve, I'm not able to encourage, I'm not able to do the things that God's designed me to do, then my church body is lacking something. And the same thing for you. If in your area, wherever you live around here in, in South Carolina or, or anywhere else, Canada or Australia, like we talked about earlier, and you know you are not doing well emotionally, physically, spiritually, you're robbing your church and your friends and your acquaintances of the blessing that God can provide, the encouragement God can provide through you by 
staying that way and not not working towards being who God has designed you to be. So just going to that, you know, I I use this verse, and I, I guess we all think of you know the Galatians six two verse, and I, I wanted to to read that in context, and then hopefully give you a little quick. Uh, version of my understanding, I guess, of this context and why it applies. But, you know, this is the bear one another's burdens, carry one another's burdens verse here. So that says, Galatians 6, 1 through 5, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. So I guess you can quickly hear that, like we all know, or most people probably have heard that second verse, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And we like to just quote that out of the context of this whole passage and say, well, it's biblical to bear one of those burdens. And I think that that it is, yes. But I think there needs to be, and I I guess Gabe and I talked about this before we started recording, there needs to be some boundaries set up around bearing one another's burdens in the sense that you don't need to make it a practice to bear all of someone else's burdens. That's not, you know, if it's it's your wife and, and she's going through a really hard time or if it's one of your children and they're going through a really hard time, then yeah, you should, you can definitely shoulder everything for them, carry them through a difficult season and, you know, let them get back on their own feet. But, you know, as far as relationships, as far as, you know, whatever, discipleship or mentor relationships, you shouldn't be carrying all of someone else's burden you know, you, it is biblical for, for Gabe's going through a hard time for me to come to him and to pray with him and to, you know, for him to share his hardship with me. And we pray about it. We discuss it. I encourage him. But that, that fourth and fifth verse where it talks about, you know, examining your own work, the reason for your boast is in yourself and not in your neighbor, and each will have to bear his own load. I think what that what that's trying to tell us is... We can't, we can't do faith well through someone else. You know what I mean, Gabe? Like, just because you're in a good place spiritually, and I come to you and I just pour out everything on you, and you can handle it. You encourage me. You go to the Lord for me, and you pray for me and with me. That doesn't then mean automatically I'm good. Like I've still got to do the work of repenting for my sin i've got to do the work of coming to the lord pouring out my my hardship and my my pain to him and being encouraged by him and so i think all that to say like it's biblical for us to pour out our heart to friends and pastors and our wives and share our burdens with them and let them share their burdens with us and kind of like the whole many hands make light work idea of kind of helping each other out but you shouldn't become a burden to someone else by not being willing to carry your own weight and and do some work and you should try to resist the urge to allow someone else to give you all of their weight and not have to you know, take steps towards like you talked about last time, Gabe, you know, people that 
may be stuck in their grief. And if you continue to carry all of the weight of their grief and all of the daily work and everything that they're not doing because they're, they're stuck in their grief, you're not helping them at that point. You're, you're enabling them to remain where they are and not move forward and, and become who God wants them to be and, what he, and allow them to learn what he wants them to learn through their pain and suffering. Man, I love what you said about the enabling because we don't want to be an enabler. And then we don't want to make somebody else enable us like, mm. to, to stay stuck and not to move forward. So it's good, man. I love what you said there. I can't put it any other better way. Mm. So it's biblical for us to carry each other's burdens. And it's also biblical. We talked about this last time, and it's one of my favorite verses. And, and uh, I love to just bring it up anytime I can. You know, it's, it's God's gifted us with the opportunity to go through pain and hardship and suffering so that we can be encouraged by him we can be filled with his hope and his comfort and then turn around and extend that comfort and hope to others and you know every time i say that i'd say that's the point of this podcast is that you know gabe before me gabe and his wife lost their girls and went through extreme pain and hardship and god has used that to get Gabe and his wife to the point where when when Hannah and I lost our son, Gabe was there for me and encouraged me and prayed with me, and that led to our relationship, which led to this podcast, which hopefully leads to God using Gabe's story and my story to encourage you. And so that's just a, a walking out of this verse is 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 7. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation, and if we are comfort, it is for your comfort which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. And I think comfort said like 10 times in that verse, so if you kind of get numb to it, I'm sorry. Maybe it would be better to go and, and read that verse rather than hear me read it to you. But you know, the idea stands that it's, it's biblical and it's, it's a command from the Lord for us to use our pain to come to the Lord, pour out our hearts to him, be filled with his comfort and his hope so that we too can give it to others and encourage them to draw closer to the Lord and be filled with his comfort and hope and then continue that chain of, you know, it's, it's God using all things for good. It's God saying, you know, you lost your child and that's a horrible, terrible thing and a consequence of sin but I'm going to redeem that and I'm going to use it to encourage others. And just like it says there, you know, verses six and seven, you know, it's, if we are afflicted, it's for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it's for your comfort. And then in verse seven, our hope for you is unshaken for we know as you share in our sufferings, you will share in our comfort. So there's both of those verses. We, we read the Galatians verse and we read the second Corinthians verse are getting to the point that, God is commanding us and God has designed us, like you said last time, for relationship in the sense that we are built 
we are we are encouraged to bear one another's burdens and as we bear one another's burdens the hope of Christ the comfort of Christ that he gives us fills that other person who's hurting and and is in the the time of adversity at that moment and so we're comforting them we're sharing the love of Christ we're building them up so that they can in time become more like Christ and then when they are in a stronger place of faith and someone around them starts to struggle or, or loses a child or loses a job or whatever their their time of adversity looks like we're able to pour out that same love and comfort and hope to them and, and the cool thing is that if you had not gone through what you've gone through you wouldn't be able to offer to others mm-hmm. in their time of need you know mm-hmm. that's what this verse is pointing out it's like we're we're joyful in our affliction we're joyful in our suffering because we know that god's going to use that to be a blessing to someone else down the road mm-hmm. so that's just a good way for us to to look at that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um because it you know when when we were going through our challenges and, and, and guys are listening when you're going through your challenges in this in this in this situation with child loss like man it's kind of hard to go to somebody that hasn't experienced it and they might be able to give you some wisdom from something that they've gone through right or some scriptural wisdom to help get you through this time but if they haven't walked in your shoes then you know it's a little difficult because there's not as much of a connection there because you're like you're like you have no idea what you're talking about you might be thinking because you have because you haven't walked in my shoes before at least that's the way i used to feel mm-hmm. and um you know and, and what i try to tell people too is that like hey I, I haven't gone through what you've gone through because every situation is different but i went through a similar situation and here's what you know how god ministered to me through this and so mm-hmm. i think that's a good thing to remember because like will like you y'all experience stillbirth I did not experience stillbirth. Our mm. girls were born, and then they died. Right? Mm. It was mm. a whole different thing. And then mm. we experienced a, a miscarriage. You know, at like ten weeks or something, which was a whole different situation than experiencing stillbirth. You know, mm. and so um, I, what we went through is similar, but it's not the same. And I mm-hmm. think just clarifying that with with people that you're talking to is, is helpful. But mm-hmm. Like, but the point is, is that we went through situations that were pretty doggone close, you know, and so that's how we can have that, um, how why we can comfort each other mm-hmm. during these times. Yeah, and it, I mean, obviously, we can't be comforted by others if they don't know we need their comfort. I mean, I think yeah. it's, it's clear if you lose a child, if if you you know something happens and you you're you and your wife are you're pregnant, you're happy, and then all of a sudden you're not. And you yeah. didn't make a big announcement out of it, but like everyone's expecting, like she's six months pregnant, she's gonna have a baby, and mm-hmm. then they don't hear anything about it, and you don't have a baby. Like, yes, you are right in thinking and and saying like it should be pretty clear you need help. But if you as you know as women, maybe there's more freedom for a woman to come alongside your wife and to encourage her and put her arm around her and try to share with her. But as men, I feel like we, a lot of times, maybe just as our society, maybe if you haven't even done this personally, we kind of don't give permission to other men to be 
comforters to us. Like we, we make it weird. We make it awkward. Like we want to act like we have everything together and we don't need help. And so, and like, and that goes all the way down to like the silly stereotypical joke of like, guys don't ask for directions. Like if I'm lost, like, yeah, there's a part of me that like, I don't want to ask for directions. Now we all have phones. So, you know, maybe we don't need directions, but it's something as silly as I'm lost in Miami, Florida for some reason. And I'm, there's like 14 guys standing around on the street corner or standing at a gas station. And I could pull over and be like, Hey man, where's this place? That manly pride in me won't let me do that unless I break down those barriers and I'm, I submit myself to like, I don't know everything. I'm going to ask and get some help. So I think you need to be aware that you need to do that to a certain extent. If you're hurting and you want a fellow believer to encourage you, don't just assume that everyone's sitting there ignoring you. Like be willing to open up and to ask for help and Try to fight against, you know, maybe maybe there are times when you're being ignored and, and no one comes to your aid and no one thinks about you. Like, you know, there's a, there's a chance that that's possible, but it's more likely there's a lot of people in your life who want to help you and want to speak encouragement and hope and, and pray for you and bring you food and all this stuff, and they don't feel the freedom to do that because you haven't made yourself available to that by either saying, hey, I need help, or just by being willing to sit with them in those hard moments and open up like we talked about it in the last episode. So just be aware of that. Don't try not to let uh, bitterness and resentment and anger grow. If you're not getting the help you need, if you haven't made it clear that you need help. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I think yeah. that goes right into your next point, which says, who should I talk to and how can I find someone to talk with um, about my child mm-hmm. so and yeah your first point there is the lord mm-hmm. like take it to him you know you make the point he is our refuge and our strength right that is some there's some scripture right there mm-hmm. um he's not aware of the pain that we feel right he lost a child that did not deserve to die right god allowed his son to be sacrificed for us so he knows the pain mm-hmm. of child loss and that's something that we can't ever forget mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and then you know, you've got point three. He is our refuge in suffering, and you got some scripture there. You want to read those? Yeah, it's just you know, there's so many different verses you could find that talks about God's being our refuge. But you know, Psalm 46 verses one through three says, "God is our refuge and strength, a very very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear through though the earth give way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam." though the mountains tremble at its swelling. And, you know, that, that's a psalm obviously talking about, like, you know, back when it was written, if you can imagine, I mean, even now, you imagine, like, a tsunami comes or, a, you know, a hurricane comes, whatever, an earthquake comes, and the mountains are destroyed and pushed into the heart of the sea. You know, the waters of, of that come and just destroy towns and cities and the mountains tremble at the power of the water you know there's a lot of symbolism there and like you know the power of the water even today is amazing and, and then you go back four thousand years and think about it like the most devastating thing we can think about you know, i think of like some of the hurricanes that have hit haiti and you know new orleans in, in 2005 when when katrina came through and, and wiped out new orleans like when we experience huge natural disasters or when we experience the loss of a job, when our child dies, 
you know, God is our refuge and strength, and he's present. Like it says, you know, the translation I'm used to reading says a very present help in time of need. And this one says a very present help in trouble. And so, you know, God is not this, you know, grandfatherly character floating in the sky. Like He's not like a genie floating out there waiting to give you what you need. He's not, uh, as some religions or faiths would say, like just this good force that's floating in the universe and tries to balance things with karma. Like the God we're told of in the Bible is an intimate, personal God who is transcendent and did create the universe and is in control over everything. But he also wants to know you, wants to have a personal relationship with you, wants to help you bear your burdens and your pain. And, you know, like we talked about in the last episode, David and Jesus are two examples in the Bible of, you know, how to act as men who are suffering. And, you know, David, I can't, I can't be certain because I didn't research this, but I think David wrote this psalm. Um, and so he's talking about, you know, like we talked about last time, David went through a lot of struggles in his life. He's being chased by Saul, abandoned by a lot of friends. And he's saying, you know, God is my hope in time of need and time of struggle. And even when I've lost everything else, I know that my God is is intimately aware of the pain and the suffering that I'm feeling. Like you said, Gabe, you know, in the, in the fact that he gave up his son so that we as his enemies can be brought back into relationship with him and be cleansed of our sin and not to feel the punishment that we deserve. And so God chose to give up his son willingly for our sake. And that's, you know, that's not the point of this podcast, but just compare that to we lost our child, obviously reluctantly and didn't want that to happen. And it was just a consequence of sin. And God loved us enough to willingly offer up his son to to pain, suffering and death. If he's willing to do that, he's willing to be there for us and to, you know, be someone we can talk to and to encourage us and give us, like we talked about a minute ago, you know, second Corinthians, he's willing to give us comfort and hope and to strengthen us through our suffering. And so, you know, there's, there's so much we could say, we could have an entire podcast on why we should open up to God about our, our pain and our suffering. But that's, that's the highlights of it. You know, is that he's not unaware of our pain. He knows what we're feeling He's our refuge. He's our strength. He's the source of comfort. He's a source of hope. And you know, he's always present and he's always willing to hear from you and, and just to be there and let you process, let you, you know, he's big enough for you to be angry at him and he can handle that. And so I think that's a, it's a great starting point is to, to open up to the Lord about how you're feeling. Yeah, I want to say one thing. You mentioned two times on this podcast about how the loss of a child is a consequence of sin. And for mm-hmm. guys that don't mm-hmm. understand where we're coming from, you mm-hmm. know, in, from a biblical perspective, what we'll say in there, he's not saying that you, your kid died because you mm-hmm. did something to make God mad and that's like your punishment, mm-hmm. right? What he's saying there is that we live in a world that is full of death and destruction and bad things. Mm-hmm. And that that in in itself sometimes is going to manifest itself in 
the loss of children or loss of anybody, just death in general. Because in God's original design, we would have not chosen to disobey him. That's what, you know, I mean, the Bible, well, the Bible, you know, says that God gave us the choice, right, to either choose to, to sin or to choose mm-hmm. to not. Mm-hmm. And we chose to disobey him and try to be kings and queens ourselves. Mm-hmm. And because of that, now the world suffers. There's pain, there's loss, there's death, there's suffering, there's injustice, there's heartache. And so that's what Will's getting at right there, mm-hmm. is that we live in a world that is fallen and broken because of sin that is in the world. And so uh, one day, you know, that will be changed um, when, when God makes everything right, when this world ends and he ushers in his new kingdom. And that's spelled out in the Bible where we don't have to get into that right now. And that's, that's a, a theology lesson for another mm-hmm. podcast, not mm-hmm. for this discussion. But that's, that's what he's mentioning when he says that, you know, you lost your child because of mm-hmm. the consequences of sin. So mm-hmm. next yeah. point there is, is is what? You want to go ahead and bring yeah. us into that? Yeah, thanks for, for catching that and pointing that out. Um, yeah, the next, the next person that you should be talking to is your wife. Um, obviously, she's your closest, most intimate companion on earth. Um, you know, you are you are made one flesh. You are you are to bear each other's burdens. You're to fulfill everything that a good Christian relationship should fulfill in your relationship with your wife. So, you know, man and wife are ordained to love and care for one another by God. And you know, this is a verse you see, or this uh, passage you see a lot of times at weddings or used in premarital counseling, but I think it speaks specifically to this point too, the, the closeness and intimacy between a husband and wife. It's Ephesians 5, 25 through 33. It says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish, In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see she respects her husband. So that's a passage, like I said, you've heard a thousand times, and we don't need to tear it apart right now and, and look at every little part of it. But, you know, this is a passage about husbands and wives loving each other, you know, husbands loving our wives as Christ loved the church, which means, like it says there, that he gave himself up for the church. So you need to lay down your comfort, your pleasure, your rest, your, you know, everything that you want to build up your wife to push her closer to Christ and to care for her. And that doesn't just mean like you went to work, you made some money, you came home, she's got a roof over her head. That means, you know, you are comforting her, you're loving her, you're coming alongside her in financial trouble or in, you know, she just had a bad day that day or in the loss of a child and and grieving through that. So, We've had whole episodes on, you know, marriage and, and how that mm-hmm. how that relationship should look. And so I don't want to belabor this point now, even though 
there is an incredible importance to that husband-wife relationship, and that's probably, other than talking to God, that is the most important person you should be talking to. But, you know, like we already said, you know, we're loving our wives as we're supposed to when we don't hide anything from her and when we nourish her and our relationship with her by sharing our heart with her rather than shying away and, and acting like we're not feeling any pain. And that, again, that will feed your relationship in a positive manner. And it's like we, so we look for the way to figure out how does she need to be encouraged? Mm. And one of the ways she needs to be encouraged is she needs you to talk to her Mm. about what you're feeling and about what you're going through. And so by you meeting her intimate, spiritual, emotional need, you yourself are going to be fed as well. Like mm-hmm. you can't give and not get back. It's just mm-hmm. the way the world works. Mm-hmm. Don't I mean? It's just the way it works, you know. So, no, by being there for your wife and turning to her to express your emotions and your thoughts and your feelings, that's going to be positive for you, and that's going to be positive for her. Mm. Yeah. So the next point, the next group you should be discussing your your pain and, and your suffering with and who you can reach out to when you're struggling is just your friends and you know sometimes there's there's kind of a tension here like sometimes you may not feel comfortable talking with your wife about something you're feeling um, you know whether that's related to the loss of your child whether it's you know a, a temptation or a, a lust issue you know I think there's wisdom there's definitely wisdom in not hiding anything for your wife especially like a you know, if you're dealing with, with pornography addiction, you're dealing with, you know, something, you're struggling with, like, feelings you have with someone at work, you know, whatever that is. Like, there's definitely not a place ever, and it's not biblical for you to hide that from your wife. But I also don't know if it's helpful for you to come to your wife. Like, you and your wife are out at dinner, and you're like, <clears throat> honey, I'm really struggling with temptation and lust for our waitress. It's like, that's not going to be too helpful. Like, there's honesty, but there's also, like, a time when you need to shut up, like, Keep your eyes on your wife and not your waitress and then talk to a friend about that the next day. And he's a guy, so he understands that temptation. And also he's not going to be hurt by you telling the truth and seeking repentance where your wife may be if you open up. So that's hopefully that's a normal and understandable thing. That like There's just some things that a, a guy can understand better and commiserate with you where you know it's not a helpful thing to talk to your wife about so like i said you should never stay in a place where you're not opening up to your wife and you're opening up to your friends because that's just an opportunity for bitterness and and a disconnect to grow between the two of you but you know it's good and it's biblical and it's, it's right and necessary i think to have other men in your lives in your life speaking to you building you up encouraging you to be a man and you know, your, your wife can, can read the Bible and offer you advice, but from her perspective, she's called to be a wife, a mom, you know, a woman. She's not called to be a man and a husband, so she can't tell you what it means from experience to be a good husband and father. I was going to say, you want to make sure, too, that you're <clears throat> finding friends that are speaking truth to you mm-hmm. as well you know mm-hmm. like if we read the book of job when he went mm-hmm. through his really difficult times some of his friends were knuckleheads and so if you're getting advice that you know is just not right or not mm-hmm. biblical or, or advice that's like telling you to do things that you know are not correct mm-hmm. then you don't mm-hmm. go talk to them friends anymore you shut mm-hmm. them jokers out like you know so 
And then also the next point is we and we had I think maybe a whole podcast on this mm. is we don't go talking to other women about this situation, you know, unless it's like you and your wife are in a counseling session with a you know mm-hmm. professional Christian counselor or whatever, and she happens to be a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't go talk to our friends at uh, you know from we high school or your friends at work that are females or even people at church that are females. Mm-hmm. Um, we we talked about that, and and it's just not a good idea to do that. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, we already covered that, but the reasoning there is. You know, the good things of talking to your wife about all these is it builds intimacy and it builds honesty and it draws you closer together and it helps you see each other from an emotional perspective and, and be connected and then, you know, build that relationship and that intimacy and that love between the two of you. And that's good and that's God ordained. But if you're doing that with some other woman, like you said, a high school sweetheart that you don't talk to anymore or some random person that you found on Facebook on a maybe a good thing, a group for for child loss or someone at your church, whoever it is, if you're having these conversations with this other woman about your pain and your suffering and you're having deep, personal, private conversations, you're building that intimacy and that that closeness and that friendship and that connection with someone who's not your wife. And you know, humans, people say, I have a platonic relationship with this girl at work, or I have a platonic relationship. Like, I'm not, there's no sexual tension there. We're just really good, close friends. I don't think that's possible. Mm-hmm. I think they, Seinfeld did an episode about this. Yes, yes. Uh, Go find it. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's a good episode. Uh, yeah. It's not, humans are built for a relationship. Men are built to desire intimacy and, and a, you know, men, are, men and women are both built sexually, built with with those you know with the goal of reproduction and so god ordained marriage as one man one woman you fulfill the needs of each other in that way and if you're having a deep relationship an intimate relationship where you're opening up you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable then that's good for your wife that's bad for anyone else because you're going to start seeing her and treating her as you would your wife and that's just, again, we've already talked about this. I'm not going to belabor this, but it should be pretty clear that that's just a recipe for disaster and run from that. If you want to talk to a sister, you want to talk to your cousin, you want to talk to your mom, and they're experiencing the same pain, like, yeah, that's good. You know, mm-hmm. Talk to them. But if this person is not a blood relative and they're not, like you said, uh, a counselor at your church and they're not like in a setting of your wife's there you're there you're getting counseling together then you need to steer away from saying anything other than like yeah we have a child (laughs) like that they you know they passed away we're grieving over that thank you for your prayers yep let it be and leave it like Mm -hmm. there's there's no place for you to be meeting in private with another woman talking about deep emotional topics because that's just going to lead to or text chatting or nothing like that yeah that's just like i said it's a recipe for disaster it's not going to help don't do it so going along with that your friends that you can kind of pull that down to an even closer circle of you know an accountability relationship with someone and I, i think i've got it later but i appreciate you bringing it up now gabe that like this is you're if you're a believer if you're listening to this podcast we pray you are a believer but this is another Christian man. This is someone in some sort of 
spiritual authority over you or just someone that you you recognize as wise and you know this accountability relationship is something that can help you through this pain and and suffering that you're going through but it's also something that's it's kind of a an all-encompassing life relationship with this other man who you know I use the verse here that everyone probably knows and you've seen I can't remember who it is. It wasn't Tebow, because Tebow used to put First uh, Timothy, or what is it? What did he put? All, I can do all things through Christ is what he used yeah. to put on there. Philippians, four thir- Philippians four thirteen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, but I've seen someone else put it on their on their face, like Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Or as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Is another translation of that. And so the idea there should be clear, like, you know, you've got, just like you sharpen your knife, you've got a knife that serves one purpose, and you've got your your whetstone, and that serves its purpose as well, and you're, you're, you know, you're helping a friend, and just like all these other relationships, you're helping them, and they're helping you, and you're smoothing the rough edges off each other. You're, you know, if you got a knife that's just so mangled and screwed up, you might need to really get into that and just work out those rough edges, and you might have to do it. I'm not a, a blacksmith, so I don't know exactly how you do it, but maybe you need to heat it up and you need to beat that thing with a hammer and get it right again. And so the accountability relationship is something that is necessary for every man, but specifically someone who's going through such a hard time as losing a child and you know feeling alone feeling helpless feeling like you don't know how to relate to your wife you don't know how to do you know you don't know how to continue with daily life this is a relationship that you are you're open and you're honest and you're vulnerable with another man who you trust and you respect his wisdom and he's speaking the truth of Christ into your life he's correcting you in places you need correcting he's pointing out good things you've done and encouraging you about those and he's also pointing out places where you failed in all the different parts of your life and he's trying to set you straight and and I think there's Gabe I know you have some good accountability relationships and have for years Uh, that's something I've been seeking and I I haven't gotten someone that's that's steady uh, and and that we're both willing to you know find a way and, and commit to it but I know you can you can speak to the the hope encouragement and freedom and having confidence that you've got a brother in Christ who's not going to pull his punches when he, you know, counsels you on how you need to be living your life in a way that encourages others and, and honors Christ. Yeah, and it keeps you, it keeps you focused, right? Because you know, like, on Tuesday mornings at six thirty, I'm gonna be sitting in front of this dude, and he's gonna ask me questions about my personal life and about my spiritual life and about my thought life and, you know, about my family life and. I'm going to have to either tell him the truth or I'm going to have to lie, you know, and I'm not going to lie. So I'm going to have to tell him the truth. So that what that means is that throughout the week that I'm having to think about what am I thinking about? I'm going to have to think about am I spending my time with the Lord? How am I treating my wife? Am I looking to be a discipler to my children? Am I trying to teach them the right things? Am I self-absorbed or am I others-absorbed? You know, where's the and, and, and where, where's the balance there of me investing in them and me investing mm-hmm. in me and me, you know, doing the right thing with the with the with the Lord, doing the right thing with my business, doing the right thing with my family, mm. you know. So, 
it's just that thing, man, about actually mm-hmm. having to look another man in the eye and have that conversation mm-hmm. that is great, mm-hmm. you know, and it gets you, it, it just helps you stay the, stay the path, you know, mm-hmm. just like if I knew that, you know, if I know i got a workout partner that I'm going to meet them at the gym at, at so-and-so time. I don't mm-hmm. do that because I don't like to work out with anybody, but I have this app that, like, you know, that I feel bad if I don't get five days where I've checked mm-hmm. in on that app and done my workout mm-hmm. because then I'm like, oh, man, I didn't get the perfect week, man, mm-hmm. this week, right? Mm-hmm. So that's keeping me accountable to working out and the same way here, you know. So, yeah, having that person that you can that you can talk to um on a deeper level is a good idea Mm -hmm. and there's just a couple of things here and we'll let you go um another person or group you can you can look to for counsel or you know someone that you can speak to about the loss of your child and and just get some encouragement from them is your pastor or a small group or sunday school leader life group leader whatever you call it in your church or just some wise christian um and that, that may be someone older than you it may be someone your age but someone who is a, a in a place of spiritual authority, you know, your pastor is called by the Lord and equipped to preach and to teach and to counsel. And obviously, you know, pastors are, are people, they're sinners too, who are redeemed by the Lord. So every pastor may not be equipped to sit down with you and to really get into the nitty gritty of like how you feel and to give you all this counseling. But... You know, they're called to shepherd the flock of Christ. And so they are there to give you hope and to point you towards the Lord. And, you know, worst case scenario, this this pastor, this small group leader, you know, this wise Christian should be able to point you towards someone who's a biblical counselor near you and, and find you some help outside of themselves if they're not able to help you. But the hope there is that, you know, they can, you know, we, we have a church of, of 3,000 people. And so, like, our head pastor literally does not have the time. He could spend hit all, he could spend 70 hours a week working in sitting down and listening to pain and, and the suffering of his flock and counsel a lot of people. And even if he went home and he prepared for sermons and all that stuff and did all of his other work, he couldn't get to everybody. So like you may be in a church of 50 people or you may be in a church of 150 people and your head pastor can sit down with you and have these conversations. But if you're in a church of, I don't know, more than a couple hundred people, don't feel angry. Don't feel like you're being ignored if your head pastor can't sit down with you and do this. I'm not giving him permission to not do his God-ordained work of caring for his flock. But the Lord may have designed your church in a way that your head pastor has certain responsibilities and other pastors under him have certain responsibilities. And maybe the way things work at your church, it's a, an adult pastor, it's a you know grief pastor, it's, it's someone else. Maybe it's a, it's a wise deacon or a small group leader who can come to you and encourage you there. But, you know just know what we're saying here is like go to your church you know there's there's the body of christ there's help there there's encouragement there so be willing to open up you know you know find those relationships and seek them out and and the last point here unless you have something to add here gabe at the end is you know find someone who's been through the death of a child and and reach out to them and and like we said earlier you know there's there's no 
rule that says, you know, you have to have experienced something like divorce to counsel a man in divorce, or you have to be a drug addict to counsel a drug addict. There's, there's wisdom and there's enough truth in the Bible to speak to situations that you haven't personally experienced. But there are times when it's just a lot easier, especially when you're in the midst of that pain and grief, to go to someone who's been through it. And, you know, we know we're here in, in South Carolina. Maybe there's, I think there's a few of you who've listened in Canada and praise the Lord, like that's amazing. But obviously you're not driving down here to Canada to talk to me and Gabe. If you did, that'd be pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, that's that's not likely to happen. But you can reach out to us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We I just uh, got us a, a uh, email address there, which we'll give you in just a minute. But we are are here for you, and we want to encourage you. We want to be you know able. If all we can do is just you know hear your story and pray with you. That's what we want to do. We want to be we faithful to the ministry that the Lord has given us. So, you know, just know that you're not alone. If you feel alone, you don't have a church body, you and your wife are, are struggling, you feel like you don't have any friends that you can op- open up to about this, you know, Gabe and I are not substitutes for a wife, a church body, and an accountability partner, but we are willing to be here and just to let you know that you're not alone. We don't just want to be voices on your phone. We want to be people that can open up to you, that, that we can hear about your child. We can encourage you. Um, we're willing to, to call you and, and to speak with you if you'd like to do that. So just reach out to us on social media. Like I said, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We've got an email address if that's the easiest way for you to get in touch with us. And I'll just... I'll give you yeah. that. We're Lost Boys to Found Fathers is where we are on all of social media. You can find that. And our, our email address is just that, lostboystofoundfathers at gmail.com. And that's all spelled out. So two is T-O. It's not the number two. So lostboystofoundfathers at gmail.com. So reach out to us. We want to make sure that, that you feel that you have someone to talk to. And if Gabe and I can speak to you, encourage you, and pray with you. Uh, or if you just have questions or, or you just want to talk to somebody, you know, we're here. That's that's why we're doing this podcast is to encourage you. So, Gabe, do you have anything else for us? Yeah, for the for our out? Canadian friends, mm-hmm. uh, my daughter, she told me she watched some something on the YouTube one day or something mm-hmm. that she watches or whatever. It's little funny skits and whatnot. And there was a Canadian comedian mm-hmm. and – he said, so I was driving down the road the other day, and I noticed there was a sign that said, road work ahead. And I thought, oh, boy, I sure hope so. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> there you go, man. So, it's a good way to end the day. So right that's a there. great way to end the podcast. Uh, thank you guys for your time. And uh, we just want to make sure you follow Lost Boys to Found Fathers on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can check out Gabe's books. That's Six Small Steps to Perfect Peace. and Or it's Every Little Thing, Six Small Steps to Perfect Peace. Sorry. And it's also Thy Will Be Done, question mark. You can find those two books online. And remember, guys, let's not be lost. Let's be found in Him.